What's the best way to get what you want after you know what you want? Well, first let's talk about that scene in the notebook where Ryan Gosling is standing there in his infinite hotness asking Rachel McAdams to stop worrying about what everyone else wants. What do you want? He asks. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it and you can thank me later. But I absolutely love this question because it's one that so often we forget to ask in life and biz. And if there's one thing that I've found to be true, it's that knowing what you want is the first step to getting what you want. But once you're able to get real clear on that, whether it's more clients, more money, more time, more freedom, more support, I could go on. What do you do with that information? What's the next best step to take from there? In today's episode, we're talking about a simple mindset shift and the action that follows that's going to blow your damn mind with how incredibly powerful it can be. You'll walk away from this episode with the tools you need to see more of what you want in your life and biz flow your way with way more ease than you ever thought possible. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Denley, the mindset coach that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, What if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is Becky Mollenkamp. Becky believes women deserve to feel powerful and fulfilled. As a certified business mindset coach, she helps her clients dream and play bigger while also finding contentment in the here and now. Learn more about Becky at beckymollenkamp.com. Becky, welcome to One Simple Shift. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. Oh, I am too. So for everyone who doesn't know who you are, can you kind of give us a little bit about yourself, why it is that you do what you do, and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. So my background is of having lived a life of shoulds for about three decades, where I did all of the things I thought I was supposed to or should do as a good girl who wanted to have people like her. And um, I was really caught up in all of that. And so that happened until 2010, when in the course of less than six months, my grandmother died, my brother died of a heroin overdose, I got divorced. And in the process of that divorce, ended up losing my house and nearly lost my career. And all of that was the real wake-up call that I needed to finally sort of be shaken out of should and start living a life that was actually the one I wanted. And since then, that also then led to another evolution in my life of stopping the career I was in, um, the one I thought I should, of a journalist and doing freelance writing and then content marketing, and now working with women to help them hopefully get out of the shoulds before they have to have a big wake up call like I did to make it happen. Mm. Oh my goodness. That is such a story. So can you, of course, only be as open as you're willing to share, but can you go a little bit deeper on that? Like tell us a little bit more of how that unfolded and kind of like the wake up call that that was for you. 
Yeah. And I'm an open book, so I'll go wherever you want to go. I don't have any problem <laughs> with that. Um, that. And that's something that's new because of all of that. I used to be so guarded and the idea of being vulnerable was like terrifying because I thought of it as being weak. It took a long time for me to realize that it was actually strong, stronger to be vulnerable. But um, so, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of changes that happened during that time. I in the past, it was like I decided at, I don't know, eight years old that I was going to be a writer when I grew up. And then that like determined the course of my life for 30 years almost after because mm -hmm. I thought I was supposed to do that because that's what I said I was going to do. So when we say we're going to do something, we should do it. And I knew I wasn't happy. It took a long time for me to even realize I wasn't happy because the hard thing is when you say you're going to, you want to do something and then that thing happens. And then you're like, wait a minute, why am I not? happy now. This doesn't add up. I, I'm doing all the things I thought I was supposed to, right? All the things I said I wanted, and then they're not making me happy. But then you feel like you're not allowed to say, oh, this isn't really making me happy because everything was good on paper. It was everything I said I wanted. So who was I to then say, well, this isn't right. Like This doesn't feel good. Um, and that's a really hard place to be. And I know that I'm not alone in having been there where you suddenly are sort of looking around saying, well, you know, I, it's not a bad marriage. This guy's a nice guy. My house is the house I thought I wanted. I can travel when I want. I have a shiny red BMW. Um, you know, I have a career that other people seem to think is really amazing. So what's wrong with me? Why can't I be in a place of being grateful for this? That's hard. <laughs> and it's a, yes. I was stuck in that for a long time because it was a hard thing to have to admit that, you know what? I wasn't happy. Yes. And I see that being something that is so consistent with, especially with business owners, because I think we, well, a lot of us, I'm not going to say all of us, because that seems like a little broad, but I think that we, we hit this point where it's almost like we keep waiting for the ex or external circumstances to line up in such a way where we'll finally be happy, right? Where we'll mm -hmm. finally feel like, okay, now I'm good, right? Like I got everything I wanted. I ticked all the boxes. Like now I'm good. And the funny thing about getting what you want sometimes is that <laughs> until those internal feelings actually line up for it, that can put you in this position where you are constantly striving and you are never happy, right? Which is mm -hmm. basically the opposite of what we're going for here, right? <laughs> but I think that, I mean, that was something that I had experienced when I basically got to my my pivotal moment that I talk about when I was hauling my groceries home in the, on the subway in New York City. And I was like, this is not my forever plan. You know, like, I do not want this. I do not picture myself living in a brownstone in Brooklyn one day. Like, I need to get the fuck out of here because this is just like not the path that I think that I should be on. And yes, did it serve me beautifully up until that point? Of course. Did it teach me a lot of lessons I needed to learn in the meantime? Absolutely. But I could have so easily just been like, well, I guess this is what there is, right? I guess this is like the track I'm headed down and never really thought about like, oh, okay, like, well, what do I actually want? What is that something more? What does that look like? And it was till I started asking those questions that I just kind of had that same feeling where like the external circumstances didn't quite match up with how I was feeling inside. And I, that's like one of the most frustrating places to be in because you're like, wait, but I'm supposed to be happy now. What's happening? Yeah. And I think as women, especially that we are kind of taught that like, we're not allowed to, 
want something different or want something more or, you know, be unhappy when everything looks like it's supposed to be okay. Like, I, I just think there's something that happens where I think with men, it's like, if something doesn't feel right, they're going to say, eh, this isn't right. This doesn't feel right. Like I'm going to do something different. But as women, somehow I feel like we feel trapped by our surroundings, by our circumstances, by what we've created. There's this like idea, well, I asked for this, so I guess I should be happy with it. Right. Or, well, this is what I said I wanted. So now I have to deal with it. I have to live with this forever. I mean, I see women do it in relationships, also mm. with careers, with all kinds of things where it's like, we suddenly are saying, well, who am I to now say this isn't good enough because I was the one who said I wanted it or I was the one who created this. And it's like, no, you're allowed at any point to say, I want something different uh, or this isn't it, or this isn't making me happy. I want something more. I need something else. Like we're allowed to do that at any point. And I think there's this idea that we're like, once we've said, this is the thing we want that like, now we just have to deal with the circumstances, deal with the um, outcomes of that for the rest of our lives. And I see women at all ages. I was one of those women who was well into her thirties still doing it. And I've seen women eat farther along on the road who are like, well, you know, this isn't really perfect. It's not really what I really want, but who am I to say I can have anything different now? I was the one, you know, I made this bed. Now I have to lay in it. Totally. And I think sometimes it's just a perspective shift there, right? It's looking at that. Okay. Like this isn't it. This isn't what I thought I wanted. This isn't, you know, how I thought this would unfold, whatever that is. It's looking at that and saying, but this is such valuable information. This is so important for me to know because now I can take the next best step for me instead of what I also see some people do, which is beating themselves up for like, well, how did I get here? And why did I do that? And how did this happen? Right? Which is certainly not the mental train we want to be on. It's more about being curious about it. Okay. Why isn't this the right thing? Why doesn't this feel good? And where can I go from there? What's the next action I can take? What's the next uh, way I can get support? What's the next way I can move forward? That can be so much more valuable than just sitting in like, well, it's not this. So now what? You know? <laughs> For sure. I mean, that's the difference between being in that place of guilt or worse shame or, you know, whatever that space is for you, fear, everything else. And instead shifting, like you said, just to a place of compassion. Like, if we, if we could just learn in those times to treat ourselves like we would treat a friend, everything would shift for ourselves, but we have such a hard time doing it. Like if I had seen a friend in the same situation, I would have said to her, you don't have to stay in a life you're not happy with just because you said that's what you thought you wanted 20 years ago. Like it's okay to change. But I couldn't give myself that gift. I was so stuck in my own story and in this belief and in beating myself up, like you said, and feeling bad about it and about myself that I couldn't for the longest time say, okay, so what is what do I want? What do I want to shift here? What needs to change? You know, and having that compassion for myself. And I struggled with that for a long time. And unfortunately for me, it took having my brother die, the biggest of all those things that happened and saying like, holy crap, he's 30. Life's way too short for me to stay in this. Like, I don't want to have to also face death and being on my deathbed and saying like, oh, is this really what I wanted? Like I just stayed in this forever because I thought I was supposed to hell no. And so for me, I had to have that big wake up call, but I, I just want to help other people who might be in that same boat to not have to have that wake up call, to be able to give themselves that compassion and to learn, like you said, from where they're at and stop beating themselves up and just saying, okay, new chapter. It's okay. I'm allowed to just turn the page and have that be the start of a new chapter. 
And I think part of what you're talking about there is just simply bringing that to the surface, right? Because I think sometimes we have these thoughts or we have these feelings and we're so used to stuffing them down because that's not quote unquote the way it's supposed to be. And when you said you had your wake up call, but you hope that other women don't have to, I think that the big part of that is just that level of recognition, right? That level of saying like, okay, this isn't actually what I want. This isn't actually the path I thought I'd be on. When you're able to get real about that, when you're able to acknowledge those thoughts and feelings, that kind of wake up call becomes so much easier because like you said, like you would never tell a friend, like, no, you should probably stay where you are now, (laughs) you know, but like, we're not even having that, that kind of internal dialogue sometimes because we've just been so used to pushing it down. Absolutely. I mean, the women that I work with are all really smart, high achieving women. And yet, like myself, they are so out of touch with their own emotions, their own feelings, because they've not allowed themselves to have them for so long that they don't even know what they are. And that's exactly where I found myself. I remember sitting in my closet 10 years ago before my brother died, as things were starting to fall apart in my life. And as I was starting to have this realization of, holy crap, I'm not happy. And I don't know why. And I remember just sitting there going like, I don't even, I I felt numb. I remember being kind of numb to all of it. Like it was almost this external Mm. thing of like this life, I I could look at the life and say, this isn't right. But I almost was just sort of like, okay, I'm numb to it. Cause I couldn't, I felt like if I got in touch with the feelings of it, that it would overwhelm and cripple me. (laughs) The idea of say, of just having to say out loud, like I'm not happy. I couldn't even Mm. do that for myself. And I remember sitting there in my closet, like I, I want to be sad right now and I can't even go there. And so, you know, I think the universe gives us what, it, what we need. And God knows it's not that I wanted my brother to die, but I think that that was almost where I was and, and what I needed. I had to have something huge happen, the ground to shift underneath me for me to be able to say, oh, I'm not happy, you know? And we can do that when it's something external. Again, like my brother dying, I was able to go to, I'm not happy. And then that, once the floodgates were opened, then it all came out. It was like, oh, I'm not just not happy about my brother not being here. I'm just not happy about anything right now. You know, I needed Uh. that. But I don't think we always have to do that. It's like giving yourself, like you said, that permission. I wasn't able to do that for myself then, but I've worked with clients who haven't had to have someone important in their life die. We all work (laughs) together to be able to say, you know, to come to that place of getting in touch with their emotions and what they're feeling and saying like, oh, I can put a voice to this. I can put a name to this. And this is unhappiness or this is discontentment or whatever it looks like. This is, I can now identify it and I can allow myself to feel it and get in touch with it. But that's a hard, like you said, it's a very hard thing when you have a track record of decades of suppression. Totally. And I think just acknowledging what those feelings feel like in our body can sometimes be like the next best step, right? Where it's like, okay, I don't need to figure this all out today. (laughs) I just need to know what it is that I'm feeling in this moment. And the more practice you have around that, the easier it gets and the easier it is to move through those and be like, oh, okay, this is what I'm feeling. That's how that feels in my body. How can I then like, what's the next best step to take from there? Yeah. And it's, I love that because I think it's true. It's about witnessing instead of judging, which I would, you know, for me, it was like, if I was going to go to a place of feeling, I, it was hard for me to do that and separate judgment from it. So it was like, I couldn't, Mm. I couldn't look, be in sadness and just say, oh, this is sadness. It was like, this is sadness because I suck, (laughs) right? Because I have failed (laughs) because I'm a loser, whatever. Like I, I, I couldn't remove the judgment for a long time. And now what I'm able to do and what I love to help clients with too, is that same thing of like, let's just witness the feelings. Oh, there's sadness. Okay. That's what that looks like. That's what it is. And 
just end it there right now. Instead of it being like, oh, there's sadness and it means X, Y, and Z, which is almost always us judging it and putting something negative to it. Like just, it is what it is. It is sadness. Okay. I see sadness. I see that. I see you sadness. There you are. Right. And then instead of going to judgment, it's like, how can we, instead of going to that judgment place, how do we get to a place of curiosity? What is the sadness trying to tell me? Why is it here? Why is it showing up right now? What does it want me to know? That's a different place to be than oh, I hate you, sadness. You're a jerk and you're just telling me I'm a bad person. It's like, no, that's not what it's about. That's what we're able to do with our friends, right? That's what we can do with the friends. Totally. Say, oh, why are you sad right now? What's that about? What's going on? But we can't do with ourselves where instead with ourselves, we immediately go to, oh, you're a loser for feeling this way, right? So it's like learning <laughs> yeah. how do we apply that same compassion that we have for others to ourselves. Oh, such a good point. Now, if you're listening to this, thinking that what you really want is more clients and more money in the bank, I hear you, girl, and we absolutely need to chat. My clients ask me all the time how to turn leads into paying clients, and I'll let you in on the very same question I ask them. Are you asking for the sale? Now, I know you've probably heard this before, but it's one thing to understand the concept and a completely different thing to start implementing this in your business so you can start booking clients on repeat. And if you're wondering, but how do I even do that? What do I even say? Then you're absolutely going to want to join me for my free Next Step Next Client coaching call. On this free 30-minute call, we'll do the mindset work to talk about exactly how to craft a sales call that not only feels good to you, but also converts more than ever before. I only do three of these each week, so head over to amandajoyceweber.com slash next client and grab a spot before they're gone. So I would love to know in your work with clients, in your past experience, is there one mindset shift that's changed absolutely everything for you? Yeah. I mean, for me, it really was at that time and continues to be learning that, oh, at any point, at any moment, I have the right, I have the, um, I deserve to ask for what I want and need in that moment. And that can shift, but I'm allowed to ask for what I want and need. Like I had gotten to that place of saying like, oh, I'm not allowed to do this because I built this bed. I have to lay in it. Right. So I'm not allowed to ask for what I want here. I'm not allowed to ask for what I need. And when I finally get to the place of saying, no, I'm allowed to ask for what I want and need in the big things. Now I'm able to do it in the small things, which is, you know, Hey, I want to be on that podcast. I'm going to ask if I can do that. Hey, I want, you know, um, I'm not happy with the order that came. I'm going to ask my server to fix it. <laughs> Learning how to ask for what you want and need has been huge. It changes everything. Ooh, that is such a good one. I love that so much because I think it's so applicable to so many areas of our life, right? I think that a lot of us really struggle with, again, this is that like bringing it to the surface, actually voicing what it is that we want need or how it is that we're feeling and how it is that we're responding to a certain situation or claiming what it is that we want. Like it's applicable in so many areas. And I just think that it happens way too frequently that we kind of dim that down or we kind of don't want to be too much or we kind of aren't really sure how people will react to what we're saying. So we don't really want to go there, like don't want to rock the boat. Right. And I think that that is just like so, so important when you really start leaning into what feels most empowering in your life and business, what, what actually makes you feel like you are creating the results you have for yourself, stepping into that place where you feel like you can voice what you want 
can be so incredibly huge, right? Because then instead of being like, oh, well, I'll just wait and see what's handed to me, or I'll just wait and see how this plays out. It's from a place of, I know what I want. I know what the best case scenario would be for me. So I'm simply going to voice that and then I'll respond to what comes next. Yes. it's To me, it's all about being empowered versus and I hate this word, but it really is the word versus being a victim. It's the idea mm-hmm. of life happens to me. I just get what comes my way and I have to deal with it, right? Whatever will be, will be. And I don't have any power here versus saying like, no, I'm empowered. I'm allowed. I deserve to ask for what I want. I can do that. I can actually take that position of saying, I'm going to ask for what I want. I just heard a, I was listening to a book on tape, Brave Not Perfect. That's it. Um, And anyway, one of the things that she said that I thought was really interesting was that men will apply for jobs when they only meet 60% of the qualifications. Yes, I've heard this before. Yes, and Mm -hmm. women won't apply unless they meet 100%. And that's, to me, what it boils down to. It's that idea that we're not allowed, unless everything is perfect, unless everything is exactly the way we think it's supposed to be, all of those things, we don't ask. And men generally, and of course I'm talking generally, but in this world that we live in and the way we've all been conditioned, men learn from kids, boys from a young age, learn that they're allowed to ask for whatever, that it's okay for them, that they have that power in a patriarchy. It's true (laughs) that they have that power to ask for what they want. And women, on the other hand, feel like we don't, we are not empowered. We're only allowed to have what life hands us. Or once we are like 100% certain that we uh, deserve, you know, whatever it is, then we'll ask. And so I think when you can learn how to shift out of that and say, no, I'm going to take back my power. I'm going to say I have the power to ask for what I want and need at any time. That can be revolutionary. And like you said, in all ways, in all parts of our life, personal relationships, you know, in our business. And then also just in like how we show up in other parts of the world. Like I said, like I used to not this, the way it showed up for me was I wouldn't even send back something back if it was completely wrong. Right. I would not send back an order at a restaurant for anything because somehow it was like, I wasn't allowed to do that. Even when it was absolutely wrong, even when I couldn't then eat the meal, it was like, well, I ordered it. So I have to deal with it. Right. It showed up Mm. in everything. And now it's like, no, I don't have to accept the scraps in life. I can ask for what I want and need. It doesn't mean I'm always going to get it and that's okay, <laughs> but it means that I, but I do have the right and the power to ask for what I want and need at any moment. Totally. And I think that that's a shift that I see in a lot of business owners when they're like leaving their corporate job or they're leaving their full-time job and they're stepping into this role in their business. All of a sudden, there seems to be this shift from, well, I don't know if I'm allowed to ask for that, or I don't know if that's my place, or I don't know if that's my role in this position or whatever in the corporate space, to all of a sudden, everything's basically up to you, you know? Like, you are the single person responsible for how well your business does. And I think that that can feel daunting, but it can also feel really empowering because then there's there's almost like nothing standing in the way. You don't have to wait for the perfect circumstances to line up. You don't have to wait for the promotion. You don't have to wait to ask for the raise until review time. You don't have to, you know, insert thing here, 
for you to actually get what you want. Now you are the one running the show. And I think that that can in itself can be such a powerful shift because now you're not waiting. Now you're deciding, right? You're deciding what it is that you want. You're deciding to go after it. You're deciding that you're the one who's going to make it happen. You're deciding that you are the one that is going to create that. And I can tell you that the, <laughs> the times that I have seen the most results in my life and business have been when I have decided that that was something I want. I was going to ask for it. I was going to claim it. And I was going to take the actions necessary to step into it. And that is 100% where I see clients see the most results as well. Yeah. I can see the opposite though. That also happens for some people where it's like they leave that, what they think of as a security net, that safe, secure place Mm. where they have a boss telling them what to do. And they know what the metrics are that they're supposed to meet. And they, everything's sort of prescribed and packaged and ready. And it's like, well, this is what the business charges. This is how we do this. And then when they're on their own, it's suddenly this feeling of like, I don't know how to ask someone to, (laughs) right. I don't know how to ask somebody to pay me. I don't have to ask somebody to pay me more. I don't know how to ask somebody to actually make the purchase. I don't know how to ask somebody to like, you know, have me on their podcast or ha- feature me in their article or whatever it is. Like I now have to do those things. And oh my gosh, who am I to do that without some overlord, my, my boss, the corporation, whatever saying, like giving me their approval saying, well, this is what we do. So it's okay. So I can, I totally hear what you're saying. And I think that does happen for some people, but there are other people I think that leave that sort of safety of all of the things being there and being told to them to now being like, Ooh, how do I do this for myself? Am I allowed to do this for myself? Oh, this is scary. So it can kind of go both ways. So I hear what you're saying and totally agree with some people and other people. I think it's like overwhelming. Totally. And I think that's a good point. And sometimes I think that that's something like after you're doing this for a few years, you kind of forget. You're like, oh, yeah, okay. Like at one point, I probably didn't know how to do that. Right. But I think that one of the beliefs that has served me the best in my business is like, there's nothing that can't be Googled, right? There's nothing that you can't figure out how to do, find the right resources for, ask the right person, um, get the right information, like all of that, right? So if you approach your business from that perspective of like, I may not know how to do this without structure or without all of that quote unquote safety net that I had before, but I do trust myself to keep looking for the right resources until I figure it out. I think that can be hugely powerful because then we're not just like kind of standing around with our hands tied, you know, we're actually taking action based on what it is that you want. And I think like when we're having this conversation around asking for what you want, I think the other part of that is just being open to receiving it, right? Like that's kind of the other side of the coin. It's and the big I think, side of the coin. Because <laughs> we're so, so related. Much. Yes, absolutely. Because I can tell you, like, I know so many women who like feel like they have to do it all on their own, right? Or if they don't do it on their own, it's not worth as much. Or just like have these, these almost like self-imposed limitations that they've put on themselves because they're not willing to receive. They're not, they're not willing to actually step up and say like, Hey, I need help here. And I am willing to accept help (laughs) because that is what's going to move me forward faster. Yeah. If you're not able to receive a compliment, which how many women aren't, and it's such a small thing to be able to just say, oh, thanks. When someone says you look nice today, or you did a great job on that project. And instead of saying like, oh, well, it was this, or it was luck, or I didn't mean to, or, oh my gosh, somebody else did whatever. Right. If we, if you're just able to fully step into thank you, then 
you're able to say, okay, I'm going to ask for more money, whatever. But when you can't even accept a small compliment, how is it that you expect that you're going to be able to ask somebody to pay you more money to up your rates? So they're just so interlinked and learning how to receive is so important if you want to learn how to be more powerful in asking. And so if you're one of those people who like can't take a compliment, (laughs) right? Or just the small things like have a hard time receiving whatever it is that comes to you help, like you said, then yeah, you're probably gonna have a really hard time asking for things. So if you are uncomfortable starting with the asking, start with the receiving. Start on the other side of that. Get to a place of being able to receive what comes to you because only then are you gonna be able to start to ask for more of it or to ask for better. Totally. And that's funny that you bring up the compliment thing because that is something that used to make me so uncomfortable for like years and years and years. I could not receive a compliment. I was so quick to write it off or be like, well, they didn't really mean that, or they're just saying that or downplay whatever it was. And I was just thinking about that when you brought it up because I was at the gym this morning and, um, one of the women we had to like pair up for weightlift a weightlifting exercise. And she was like, Oh my gosh, I love your ring so much. And I was like, Oh, thank you. And it came out so smoothly. And I didn't even think anything of it at the time, but there was a time when that would have made me crazy uncomfortable. I would have been, have to have been like, Oh, well, it's a little dirty or yeah, I probably shouldn't be wearing it to the gym or like there would have been or I got it on sale. There, so, right? you know, oh, it was really cheap. Yeah, that's the kind. Yeah, totally. I get it. I've been so dismissive of people paying me compliments. And it's only been more recently, not even the 10 years ago where I first had this, you know, that was when I started to learn, like, I can ask for the big things. But I, it's only been more recent that I've been able to see the, co- the, the correlation between the small things and how that plays into the big things and how important even the small things are. And so not just, you know, asking small and receiving small, receiving big, like just learning to allow and to re- welcome and to receive. And how the more you do that, the more you're able to ask. And, and, the vice versa is true. I do a thing called gutsy. My, my business is called gutsy boss and I do a gutsy ask challenge. And in that it's, you know, where women are, I'm challenging women every day to ask for something, whether it's big or small every day, ask for something. And something funny always happens where they start to say, it's weird. Like I've been doing these asks for a few days now, and now I'm starting to just have things come to me. Like I'm starting to receive things and I don't understand. And I'm like, oh, because they are so related. Yes. Once you open yourself to being able to ask, you will start to receive. Or when you start to open yourself to receiving, you will feel more comfortable asking and they, they are hand in hand. And so, yeah, if you can get comfortable starting to ask for things, it is amazing how suddenly you will be receiving things that before you were like, this never, I'm not even asking for and it's showing up. It's because you're now making it clear that you are open to receiving. Oh, so good. So I, I have a feeling that some women are listening to this and they're like, okay, I'm just like, this is not landing. I am just not getting it. Who am I supposed to be asking for these things? So can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. I mean, when I talk about asking, so like with my, with the challenge that I do and asking people to ask, they're always, I have that all the time. They're like, well, I don't know what to ask for. If you've never been asking for things, it's kind of like, I don't even know where to start. So asking can be truly like anything. It can be asking for a boundary that you need respected from your mate, right? Your partner or from your mom. That's always a big one with my clients. Um, It could be about asking your partner to give you flowers. It could be asking for a discount on a service that you use. It could be, you know, asking when you go out to dinner for them to fix something that's wrong. It's all, it's just about asking whoever you need to help you get what you want and need in life. So 
who is that? Who is it that in your life right now? One of the things I tend to ask people is like, where are you feeling discomfort? Um, you know, where are you feeling resentment? Where are you feeling frustration in your life? In those places, there are asks that could help. So if you're currently feeling frustrated with your mate or resentment with your mate because they aren't ever showing you appreciation, maybe it's because you don't ask them to show you appreciation. And guess what? We always think that everyone knows what we want and need, right? Because I in know. Our, Isn't in that our so minds, funny? <laughs> yeah. Well, we are the center of our own universes. And so we, in that, we tend to mistakenly believe we are the center of the universe. And it's unfortunate that we get there, but that's where, that's how we are because we are the only person, like we are the only thoughts that we have. It's our own. We can't put ourselves into someone else's head. So we start to think that. So we just assume that everyone should know what we want and need, right? Particularly the people closest to us. We assume our partner knows what we want and need. They should get us. Well, they don't always know. And if you're not asking, then you it it's really unfair to then get angry, frustrated, resentful when you don't receive what you want from them. You need oh my to gosh, tell them. I've seen this so many times. <laughs> I've done this so many times with my poor husband where I just get angry and he's like, why are you mad at me? It's like, I, I when I start to realize, it's like, oh, because you didn't, you know, you didn't do the dishes. And it's like, well, I didn't realize that I, that the dishes were even messed up. You're like, I, I, he is okay with more dishes sitting in the sink than I am. So that's who he is. And it's not okay for me to then get angry when he doesn't do them as soon as I want them done. If I didn't say, hey, could you do the dishes? They're kind of bothering me right? We get really caught up in this idea that like, they're supposed to know what we want and need. And I get caught up in that idea all the time. And it's easiest to do with the people we are closest with. And I do this too. But the truth is when you start to ask for what you want and need, you will start to get what you want and need. But when you yes. don't, then you don't get it. And then you choose to build up resentment and anger and frustration. We think, oh, they're making me feel frustrated. They're making me angry. They're making me resentful. But no, it's because you're choosing to feel that by not asking for what you want and need. Oh my gosh. Yes. So true. And I've noticed like for me in particular, anytime that I'm like, well, they should just know, right. Or like, they're supposed to know that or whatever. Like that is like my, my, (laughs) my way of knowing that's like my internal cue where I'm like, oh, I'm probably not communicating very well right now. Like Mm -hmm. I probably should voice these things because you're right. Like we just kind of walk around, especially with the people we're close to thinking that they just know, right. Like they're just supposed to know what's going on in our head. And like, spoiler alert, 10 times out of 10, (laughs) that's like not the case at all. Right. (laughs) Right. Or if they, they think they do, but they think it it's through their filter and they assume you're wanting of what they course. want, right? So that's mm-hmm. what I do with my husband. I assume I know what he wants, but the truth is I'm only assuming he wants exactly what I want. And then anytime that those two things are not, you know, lining up, that's where the friction starts. And that's where a simple ask would make all the difference. Just asking for, you know... I need a lot of verbal assurances from my husband that he loves me, right? I'm a words of affirmation person and that's what I need. If I don't tell him that, now I'm lucky because I happen to marry someone who also values words of affirmation. Um, But if Mm -hmm. I wouldn't tell him that, he may not give them to me as much as I need. And it can feel needy and weird to say, I need you to tell me you love me more often. I need you to text me and say, I love you randomly through the day. Like that feels weird to do. But if I don't do it, then I'm not getting what I need. And then I'm going to be resentful, angry, frustrated, whatever. And then that all builds up over time where if I could just allow myself to get comfortable with the uncomfortable thing of saying, Hey, I know this is a little weird. I know this seems a little needy, but I need you to do this for me. 
He loves me. He wants me to feel loved. He's going to do that thing, right? I just need to tell him. And like with my husband, he actually needs quality time a lot more than I do. But because Mm, I know that mm -hmm. and because he asks for it, I give it to him. But if I just assumed that he and I feel the same way about everything, I wouldn't sit on the couch with him and hold his hand sometimes in the evening because I don't really need that. And I wouldn't understand why he's frustrated and not feeling loved. So we just have to ask each other for things. And that goes well beyond just our close relationships. It also goes to like setting boundaries with our moms who are, you know, overstepping on parenting or with our clients and asking them that we need them to give us the testimonial at the end of our project. They may not think to do it. And it's not because they don't love you and want to give you a testimony. It's because they just didn't think of doing it, right? Like it's just not in the forefront of their mind. Our business (laughs) is not their number one concern. So if we want that testimonial, we just need to ask for it, but we don't do it. And then we think instead where we'll go into is storytelling mode and say, oh, they must not have liked what we did. They don't like me. I'm horrible. Mm. I should just quit. Right. Where if we had just Mm -hmm. asked for the testimonial, we probably could have gotten it and saved ourselves all that frustration. Totally. Oh my goodness. I think like asking for feedback too can be one of those like especially rocky things because as you said with like storytelling I think that like the tendency is to build a story around like I mean goodness god knows everything but like build a story around like feedback in general when you haven't heard back from a lead when you haven't heard back from a client it's like well they must not like working with me they must not this or that like whatever and I think most of the time what's true is like they've just had like a lot of shit come up in their life right like your thing is not the most important thing right now and And when you, when you're able to be honest and ask for, ask the questions, ask for feedback, ask what's going on, it really puts a stop to some of those like stories that you build in your head, which is so much like so helpful in general, rather than simply like building a story around it. And then like never really getting the information that you need, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that goes back to that. Like we are the center of our own universes, but not of the universe. And we, it's so easy mm-hmm. to forget that. So if you could just step outside of that, that's where that story builds up. If you can force yourself to kind of step outside of that and then just think like, well, what's going on in their universe? Oh, their universe is built. You know, they've got six kids that they're managing and a mom that's, you know, in, in, hospice and a husband who is working really hard, whatever, like, of course, my testimonial is not their primary concern. And I have to ask them for it. Or guess what, I might even have to remind them later again about it, where those are the places where if we don't step outside of ourselves, we can get really caught up and like, Oh, my God, I asked for that testimonial, they never gave it that must mean that they're, you know, angry with me. And it's like, no, we don't have to go there. We don't have to do that to ourselves. Right. We don't have to make it mean anything. It can just be that they simply haven't gotten to writing a testimonial or getting back to you or whatever the thing is, you know? Right. Yeah. So good. Becky, if people love what they heard from you today, where can they find you? Well, they can go to beckymollencamp.com. And if you go to beckymollencamp.com slash one simple shift, then you can download a free workbook that I have, or it's really just more of an ebook, I guess, but it's filled with tips, all the things that I share in that challenge that I mentioned, and a lot more. There's something like 20 tips on how to ask for things. Um, and it's not just the mindset piece, although I think that that's a big important part of it. And there's lots of that in there. But there's also some just really practical stuff around like, how do you actually make an ask? What are the words you should use? How do you go about it? So there's a lot of good stuff in there for um, learning how to ask for what you want and need. Oh, I love it so much. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I love this. 
Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandadunnelycom slash one simple shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And as a special thanks, each month I'll be picking one reviewer to win a vision board design coaching intensive with me so you can create your own definition of success. If you're looking for more support in creating a beautiful, balanced life and thriving, successful business, head over to amandadunnelycom slash free call and book my free Simplifying Success Coaching Call, where I'll help you identify one simple shift you can make to cultivate a success mindset and start seeing results now. And remember, sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift. Why, why isn't the right thing? This, 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 this. <laughs>